You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Before we get to the the what is a grant like a, a growing list of of housekeeping that we have to get to today, Taylor. <laughs> I had a question that I wanted to ask you, and I thought oh, I'll save it for on air because this is a good movie conversation. Have you ever, in like a multiplex, tried any of these like Cineplex VIP or special amenity shows where you can like you know, have a glass of wine or whatever when you watch the movie, or you can have like a meal that's like brought in front of you. Like, have you ever tried any of those things? No. So I, um, uh, I don't drink, so I have like no interest in doing like the beer or wine. Um, and like eating a full meal at the movie theater isn't like, super appealing like i don't okay even do thank like you nachos or thank a hot you <laughs> listen to me thank you because number one i actually don't drink either so there you go and number two when i heard about this thing that's the first thing taylor i thought of was exactly what he just says i don't know a full meal in front of my movie like i don't do i just want some you, popcorn do they give you like a tray's not enough. So, like, here's the thing. If you're eating, like, something that requires, like, a fork and knife, to me, you need, like, an actual tabletop. <laughs> and so, like, unless they have, like, I don't know, like, very substantial trays that operate more like tables, I personally am not interested. I have no idea how it works. Like, I really have no idea how it works. The reason why I brought it up is because just to try it, I purchased the Cineplex VIP ticket to go see Thor Love and Thunder tomorrow or when people hear this recording today. Like that's what I'm doing on my Tuesday as I'm going to that. And, I'm, and I did it just to see, even though I'm not super interested. I just wanted to see what it was because I just don't, I'm like you, I just don't get it. Like what, what's in front of you? Are you eat, Are you supposed to eat a meal beforehand? But they also said they're serving stuff right to you. So. Oh, that's even like, weirder. Like they take. Yeah. Like what's in front of the you? movie. I don't know. That's what I'm confused. At. That's what I. That's why I'm going <laughs> because I want to see. Even though, like, again, I am not a drinker, so I'm not going to be interested in that. But I want to see what these sort of food options are and what this is like, just to say that I did it. Like, I just want to try. You might it fall in love, guy. Mike. You might be like, there is no other know. way. <laughs> but I'm. I'm I think I have a similar mentality to you. When I watch a movie, I just want you know popcorn, or even when I'm at home, like a bag of chips. Like I'm not. I generally will will eat dinner sometimes in front of the television, but it's it's not usually to watch a movie. It's usually just no, oh, it's I like want TV. something in the background. It's TV. It's the news, or I wanted a show on that I'm watching, and I sit down and eat like that type of thing. But definitely for whatever reason, not a movie. So I I, I'm with you on that one, and I agree, Mike. Like if so, d- we do watch like it's. I know it's probably a bad habit, but like everyone does it, so whatever. We'll watch like a like a 30 minute 20 minute 30 minute tv show while we're mm-hmm. eating and like i don't want to start a movie until i'm mm-hmm. done dinner you know for, what I mean? the, for whatever reason i'm the same way uh, a commitment of a short show well is much better right like it's just easier to watch a half an hour of something to have something on in the background i'm the same way i i will eat in front of the tv sometimes often it will be the news like by the time i'm done work 
I watch the six o'clock news and I like to have that on in the background while I eat, but that's as far as I'll go. I definitely don't like watching a, a movie. So well, that's why I'm very know, curious. Let us yeah. know next week with your Thor review. You can yes. also review the VIP experience. Yes. I'll, I'll be seeing Thor twice, uh, once in the VIP and once regular, because I, 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 with all Marvel movies, the reason why I didn't want to review it this week was because I wanted to make sure I saw it multiple times and I want to talk spoilers. So I want to give some time. Um, but I thought one of them, hey, why not? I don't do anything. <laughs> I might as well go do this. Like, what else am I doing? So there you go. It is, uh, um, this show is our one hobby and that's okay. Yeah, this, it's basically this and work. So yep. I thought, hey, let's have some fun. Um, as I mentioned, we do have a lot of housekeeping to get to today. So first bit of housekeeping, uh, the movie club, where we're reading um, Where the Crawdads Sing, and we're seeing the movie, and we're talking about the book and movie. We do have a deadline date for everyone now. So we would like everyone to have you know, read the book, saw the movie, and submitted any of your thoughts and questions by July 30th. So you have until the end of the month, you have about three weeks to see the movie, which comes out sometime between July 15th and sure. 23rd. We're not sure. <laughs> it's somewhere in that. I've seen three or four different dates, but it's somewhere within that time frame. It comes out. You guys have Google. And, you know, Look it up. You have Google. You'll find it. Um, and then try to get us your thoughts by the 30th. And then we will, we early in August, we don't know which august show date it's going to be but we're going to record it and get everything done that weekend so please uh get in all your thoughts on the 30th i know a lot of people had different things to say about the last one i'm very curious because this book i never even really heard of but i saw the movie preview and went oh this is the book we're doing <laughs> so i'm Mike, very it interested was, to do, it to was do a huge book i i believe it i believe it was a huge <laughs> book i just it for whatever reason it went under the radar for me and like i am like i do enjoy reading and i and i do every once in a while pay attention especially when there's an announcement of like oh this book's becoming a movie i just think the book must have been popular while while something else was that like took my attention away that must have been what happened because i had never heard of this it's definitely a certain type of genre as far what as is I, the genre I, I don't even know anything about the book like do you know what what is the so genre it's kind of, of mystery southern gothic but, like, without knowing too, too much about the book, I would hazard a guess it's similar enough. Like, the people who like books like Gone Girl probably ah. are the, the are the people who would read this book. That okay. kind of, yeah. But I could be completely off base. But that's the genre I think of. Kind of mystery, suspense, you know. <laughs> yeah okay okay that that's kind of what it looks like because i know it's about some young woman who grew up in a swamp uh and then trouble ensues so it, it did look kind of interesting um but yeah we'll see so the, the july 30th um to participate in the, in the movie club um this is our book movie club we don't really have a name for it. oh this is all comes under our movie club whatever whatever we end up doing um so definitely the we'll have katie website. give it a name yeah, yeah, Katie will name it. Screeningandkingston.com slash movie club. You will see that I've already uploaded the Where the Crawdads Sing uh, form. So people can already, if you see it earlier or what have you, fill out the form and stuff just so it's there. Um, so the same questions as last time. Give us your general impressions of the film, general impressions of the book. Compare the two in any way you wish. Um, and which one did you like better? 
Uh, and then I added a neither. Just in case, because I, I found I, last time I feel like a lot of people didn't like Death on a Nile. So, like <laughs> so I all? thought, hey, well, I, yeah, well, I, some people seem pretty negative about it. Maybe I'm just thinking the movie, though, and people were less about the book. But I, I remember our fans not being super positive. I don't remember but. people saying, like, I didn't like the book and I didn't like the movie. It was large. Oh, okay. It was just more memory. the movie wasn't good. Yeah, people didn't enjoy the movie. But I don't know. Maybe I'm. Which is I fair. Our, our, our audience is very smart. It's true. You shouldn't have enjoyed that movie. That movie was trash. Um, so let's see how this one goes. But yeah, July 30th, uh, please do that. So that's housekeeping number one. Uh, housekeeping number two, we have been talking a little bit about approaching our 200th episode, which is coming mm-hmm. up technically, technically next week would be 200 episodes. Now, just so everyone knows, we have been thinking about doing a couple things, and actually what we were going to do was episode 201 would have been a look back, special episode, celebrating, getting to 200, but because of various Celebrating not getting canceled. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But, but because of various circumstances, mainly how busy I am right now, we're going to push a celebratory episode back a bit. So you're not going to see anything... Um, really different over the next weeks and probably into early August. And then sometime mid to late August, we're going to do a special episode just because we want to do it right. We really want to celebrate and have like a fun time. Um, We tossed around a lot of ideas. We're definitely going to review um, probably Fast Five and we're going to (laughs) have you, the fans, vote on a TV show. You know what? We're just going to do Fast Five. Too many people wrote in. We're just doing it. We do what our fans It want. would be, I think, yeah, it would be a, a travesty if we didn't do yeah. So we're going to review Fast Five. That is that is a guarantee. We're going to review Fast Five. And then we're going to have all of you vote on a TV show that you want us to watch. And once that TV show is selected, we're also going to need our fans to tell us what episode to watch. Because that's the other thing, you know, I was thinking of is if you got to give us an episode to jump into. Like, we're not going to watch the pilot. Yeah. We got, the point is, is to go right in the middle and just see what we think. So um, we want time to do that. We want time to release that and get all that information out there. Um, you know, I don't mind saying one of the hopes that I have is to bring back many of the guests we've had over the past couple of years, have them do some small segments with us, even if it's 10 minutes each, just to kind of come on and do something, say hello. We have so many great guests. We have so many great fans. Um, I'm not going to say what. He has planned, but Austin's also stepping up and doing some stuff behind the scenes for us. So it's going to be a fun episode. We just want to give everyone time, um, mainly me, to actually contact everyone and say, hey, do you want to be on the show? Because I haven't done any of that. Um, Or you guys can contact us. Yes, please do. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Make our lives easier and just just ask to be on the show. Just say, hey, I'll be on the show. Uh, That would actually make life so much easier. But anyway, I, I will reach out. I will try to reach out. And connect with as many people as, as possible to do some fun stuff. Because we really like to have a celebration. I think getting to 200 episodes is really cool. So we're going to do that. Yeah. That's the plan. So that's housekeeping business number two. That's, I think, it. I don't think there's anything else we have to communicate. It's just about the movie club. You now have a, a deadline date. We will remind you about it over the coming weeks. And then the 200 episode spectacular will probably be closer to the end of summer. So the next couple of weeks will be normal episodes. I'm sure we'll mention next week that, hey, it's our 200th episode. Isn't that fun? But if we remember. We if we, we won't. <laughs> we won't remember. I, I didn't even know 200 was getting close like a month ago when it was pointed out to us. So 
Oh, gotta gotta love our fans keeping us yeah, yeah. <laughs> keeping us accountable. They are organized. Um, <laughs> okay, so with that being said, we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. We've reviewed a couple movies. Um, there was a few streaming TV shows that I just realized I've watched recently and wanted to mention and talk about. So we're gonna do some streaming stuff today as and well I, for no real reason. I didn't want to be left out, so I too. Yeah. So Taylor also. (laughs) (laughs) I also watched the show. Good. I don't want to be left out, Um, but we do have two new movies to review as well. Yeah. Taylor, you saw Elvis, Mm -hmm. um, and I saw The Black Phone, which I'm really. I thought this was kind of a weird one for you, but I'm so I'm looking forward to it. Well, there was a couple things that happened there because I I saw The Black Phone like over a week ago, um, before our last episode. And thought, oh, well, I'm already, like, reviewing stuff. I've got, like, we're doing Stranger Things. So, you know, there's no real rush. I can talk about this anytime. I was going to do Thor this week, but I want to talk, no, like, non, like, with spoilers. I want to talk about it all the way through. So I want to give people two weeks to see Thor. So I thought, oh, I'll review the Black Phone. And I, I was just curious. The trailers won me over to go see it. This was a well like, marketed show, in, in my opinion. Like, it, it did a really good job of being like, hey... This is what the movie's about. This is kind of the cool concept. It, it was interesting. Horror movies that get a June or July release always are a little bit, I'm always unsure as to why they're doing that. <laughs> but I want to talk about this this movie a little bit. So we'll, we'll see. Um, and any chance to bash Ethan Hawke. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get he, he's a great actor, but oh, I just find him a hypocritical weirdo. Um, we'll talk about him, though. He just seems like one of those actors. I know we have some fan questions, but so I won't derail this too much. But he does seem like smug. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, the fans can wait. Let's talk about Ethan Hawke. My problem with Ethan Hawke is exactly what you just said, his smugness. He did not have to say that he would never do a Marvel movie. Especially when he was clearly filming Moon Knight while he made those comments. It takes more than a couple of months to put together um, one of these TV shows. So these these comments that came out from him would have been, timeline-wise, in and around the time he was filming Moon Knight. Or at the very least, just negotiating the contract. Or negotiating the contract. So maybe he was doing that as a play to get more money. Oh. I don't know. But he seems smug to me, where you didn't have to say that. And who are you to, to turn up your nose to a genre of film? Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like it's not like B-movies or independent movies. Like, it's Hollywood-produced movies. That's like, it would honestly be like saying, oh, I don't do romantic comedies, they're not movies. It's just a different type of movie. And also, no one's asking you, which was my other thing until apparently they were asking him. But it just seems a little strange to me when, when in Hollywood some of these individuals will go after successful things. And it's just, you're just upset because they're successful. I'm I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers, but like when I think Ethan Hawke, I don't think (laughs) A-lister. I would say he's a, I mean, people know his name and he, he has been nominated for awards and he's been around a long time. So I feel like he kind of gets A-list in terms of recognition. I think a lot of people know who Ethan Hawke is. Kind of makes yeah. I guess he is like quote unquote a household name. But like when yeah, you're doing like fan so. casting or like you know just thinking of like oh this this movie's coming out. I've read the synopsis. Oh, yes. I want like X. 
He, I would never think to cast Ethan Hawke in anything. No, I agree. I don't think you and I have ever brought up Ethan Hawke until these comments. Like, I don't think yeah. we ever mentioned his name. He was on not on show. my radar. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. So that that's more my problem with Ethan Hawke. It's just, I just don't like that attitude. Where do um, you get off? Yeah, like, I, honestly, like, I'm... I'm not a fan of of certain types of movies, but sometimes I'll give them a shot, like I'll, to at least watch them. This isn't even like participate in them. If if like going to see what was that movie? Um, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Romantic comedies of that nature, especially big family romantic comedies, are not of interest to me. Like I don't, I find it. I, I'm not. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in like oh this big controlling family plot line. Like I'm not into it. But it was really good, and I gave it a shot. So I just like, I wouldn't, I would never say a certain genre of movie is, I would never watch this type of movie. No, you have to, I would give it a shot. And then after I've, I've watched it, I would say, I'll never watch A Simple Favor 2 because it's trash and other garbage. But at least I watched it. I was there. I paid a t- I paid money for a ticket. So. I like I- the actors like Mads Mikkelsen, Nicolas Cage. They're just down for anything. Yes, exactly. They'll do whatever you want them to. Like, yeah, they're just, oh, you're giving me a script. I'll give it a whirl. You know, like, that's the type of attitude you should have. And there's (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that because for some people, some people need a Marvel movie. Chris Evans, um, definitely Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr. They needed Marvel movies. Their careers were not going anywhere. They needed the Marvel movie. I would even argue to some extent Tom Hiddleston, but I think then he got pretty popular in indie films. But then there are other actors who do them who don't need them. Like they don't, Kate Blanchett does not need to do a Marvel movie, but did it and was the villain. And and who, um, what's his name? Christian Bale is the villain in, in the new Thor movie. Like it's just, they're doing it because whatever. <laughs> they want to have fun or they want to do something that their family can see or the kids can see or whatever. Christian but Bale. But they just do it. Christian Bale did have an amazing quote, though. Someone asked him, uh, like, what do you know about the Marvel Universe? And he said, the only one I saw was the big bloke going after the stones. <laughs> yes. That's really like, funny. I'm paraphrasing, but <laughs> he was but like, when they asked him to do this movie, he said yes. Yep. Said, I don't know anything about it, but I'll do it. <laughs> he wasn't given a script. Did you know that, too? I read a quote. I don't know if it's the same thing that you were the reading but i saw yeah i saw a quote from him he was like yeah i wasn't even given a script like i they didn't tell me anything i signed on and i didn't have a script and i didn't know anything i just knew the name of the character and i thought well that's cool uh, i can do like his name is gore the god killer um he was like the yeah butcher. That's, that's the, god the, butcher. the god butcher sorry the god butcher um and uh he was like yeah i'll do it oh like that sounds how great come I, know like, so I went much. months without it how do i know so much about this thor movie as a non-Marvel how, girl. How do you know so much about I just about do. I know so much about it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm very looking forward to talking about it next I week. I know the names of the goats. In that you movie. know the names of the goats? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even see the goats. The goats at the beginning, really, of, of my stretch into Marvel comics. Because I remember Thor having goats. Like, I've, I know I've read comics where Thor had goats. But I don't recall anything about them. So I'm very, I'm very interested um, to talk about. But anyway, we do have fan questions. Let's get to those. Let's do it. Before we completely run out of time talking about to Ethan Hawke. Um, so the first fan question is actually asked twice. So I'll, I'll credit both people. So both Josh and Akil 
had a specific question for you, Taylor, about Elvis. Um, so I'll read Josh's and then I'll read Akil's, but it's basically the same question. So Josh said, um, for you, Taylor, how did Elvis compare to other bio musicals like Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man? And which actress less actress had the strongest performance in Elvis? And then Akil wants to know the same thing. So Akil said, in terms of the Elvis movie, I'd really like to know how you think this stands up to Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man and who you think, um, had the best performance showing one of these iconic um, music roles and is there a particular musician you'd like to see in a biopic moving forward so a couple different questions taylor i guess yeah, number one meaty. is how did how did how did elvis stand up to both bohemian rhapsody and rocket man that would be kind of the first question from both of them so i'll start by saying i did not really enjoy bohemian rhapsody no. and i'm pretty sure i reviewed it and i was like gobsmacked but it wrong. sounds like it sounds like um both Akil and Josh like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, so, so like, sorry guys, did not like it. I don't think Rami deserved the Oscar that year for Best Actor. Um, certainly did not deserve Best Editing. So, um, but I really, really wait. It got a Best it. Editing. I'm pretty sure it won Best Editing that year, and that's like that? everyone was memeing it because they showed that one scene that mm. had like a hundred edits, and they're like, yeah. "This one Best yeah. Editing." Anyway, yeah. <laughs> go back okay. and listen to the review. I uh, will. <laughs> <laughs> if you want my full review of Bohemian Rhapsody. I also did review Rocket Man um, on air. I really liked Rocket Man. Um, and I did Terry Edgerton. I think he was snubbed that year. He did not. He was not nominated. No. Yeah. Which again, like I talked about this in my review, I'm pretty sure. Rami won Best Actor and Taryn Edgerton wasn't even nominated. Like Ridiculous. in what world? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this movie was, in my opinion, not necessarily as good as Rocket Man, but it holds up. It's a different style. So whereas Rocket Man was more a musical, you know, like the mm -hmm. songs were performed in the context of the movie. In um, Elvis, it's the songs are sung like when he's in a concert or right, like right. in a, in, you know what I mean? Like it's not, the songs aren't used to tell the story. They're just in the context of a musical performance. So they're kind of different movies and they're hard to compare, but I would say like, if I had to rank them rocket man, Elvis, and then low, low, low on the list <laughs> would be uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I thought the best performance in Elvis was certainly um, that, Austin Butler, I think is his I think name. It, yeah, Austin Butler. Yeah. He was amazing. And um, such charisma. And apparently he sung like the early songs in the movie. He didn't sing oh, all so, the he didn't sing all the songs, oh, but the early okay. ones he did. Oh really? Okay. I was gonna ask you in your review if if he was singing or not. And okay, apparently cool. that's how he got the role, was that he sung for Baz, whatever, Baz, Baz Lerman. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Um, and was he was so impressed, he gave the role to um, Austin Butler. He was phenomenal. I hope he does get nominated. Um, but based on the Academy track record, I don't know if they will. It's so early. It's the problem. Like, the movie's coming out so early, it's going to get forgotten. Like, it just it yeah, happens that's what every I thought. year. That's what I thought with the summer release. Yeah. It is definitely a summer movie. Like this was, mm. it came out in a good time in the year because it is kind of a summer blockbuster. 
but unfortunately it probably which is what happened with rocket man like i'm pretty yeah. sure rocket man came out totally. i think it was a summer release um and in terms of what movie what band would i like to see made into a yeah. biopic that's a tough yeah. one that's really tough uh i don't listen to bands that would be like made into biopics <laughs> I would say no, just because they're like more. That's gonna make me sound like such a hipster, but I listen to like bluegrass, like Americana music. Mm. Like, so these aren't bands that like are like tour widely or like widely known. Like, no one's gonna go (laughs) see a movie about these bands. Um, but I would say it would be nice to see. I like movies like um Tommy. So this is (laughs) this is. This is kind of completely off track, but you know, when like it's a musical or a rock opera and it's from like a CD of a, uh, like a record of a band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Tommy, oh, yeah. all the songs are from the who, like, I really like that. So, um, I don't know. I'd pick like probably like a classic rock album and I would like to see it like translated into a rock opera maybe like some bad company or something. I don't know. But uh, in terms of biopic, I'm not the best person to be asking. Because it really is like when you think of biopic, it has to be like a larger than life. Maybe Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton would make a good biopic. They've kind of done most of, I think, the big, like, I mean, I know there's others, but a lot of the bigger ones are the ones they've been That people know, you know, like, Like, even if you don't, even if you don't listen to music, you know um, Elton John. You know Elvis, right? So I can't really think of any bands that everyone knows. Like, I guess the Beatles, but, like, I'm not, like, a huge fan of the Beatles, so I don't need to see a Beatles biopic, personally. You know? So, sorry, guys. <laughs> That's my answer. Um, okay, so we'll just finish off uh, Josh's uh, second question for me. Uh, how does Kenobi compare to other Star Wars series like The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett? Did you did you have to watch the black phone with all the lights on during the day? Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Um, Are you a scaredy cat, Mike? Yeah, well, I mean, of the nun. Um, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I am, which is more or less how I have to watch that movie. No, the black phone I saw by myself in a theater that was almost empty which was pretty unsettling. Um, so I, I did watch it in the dark. In terms of um, Kenobi, it's... Is that what it's called? Kenobi? It's Obi- Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's called Obi-Wan Kenobi. But people are calling it Kenobi? Kenobi's just his last... That's just, that's just that people refer to him. That's his name. His name is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and people just call him Kenobi. Got it. Um, okay. <laughs> or Obi Wan. Like it's just the last name. It'd be like calling me Shepherd or Mike. I've never right? like, heard it's it. Just... I've never heard it. Just oh, Kenobi. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah sometimes like... we'll call him Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. Some people. Will. It's reminded um, me of Doctor Jacoby from Twin Peaks. I'm like, what <laughs> okay, is this? Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, very different. Very different. Um, Clearly, that's so, what people should have given me to watch for the 200th episode. Oh, yeah. We should definitely throw you into... Oh, that would... Oh, we got to put that on there. Kenobi. <laughs> episode four of, of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series or something. Um, yeah. In terms of how it compared, like, The Mandalorian is still the best of the bunch. The Book of Boba Fett I didn't think was very good. Um, so I guess I'm kind of... Same answer, Taylor, that you're giving. I guess what I'm going to review today is sort of in between them. It's not, it's not as good as 
what they did with the Mandalorian, which I thought was pretty original and they did a lot of cool things. Kenobi had its upsides and had its downsides. Um, but overall, I think, yeah, I think it's kind of somewhere in the middle there. Uh, I will get into a full review in a little bit on that one. Um, final fan question uh, comes from Ellie. So Ellie wants to know, oh, this is for you, Taylor. Um, Ellie wants to know, in terms of ranking music biopics, I've been a little overwhelmed over the past couple of years um, with the amount, but underwhelmed in terms of the quality. I think the only one that I really liked so far is Rocket Man. I haven't decided whether or not I should go to Elvis. Would you recommend if someone liked Rocket Man that they would go see the Elvis movie? Whereas a lot of the other ones, including the Beatles documentary, I have not really enjoyed. So that's from Ellie. So Ellie, like my previous answer, I'm probably not like the best person <laughs> to be answering this question because even though I, I like a good musical biopic, this isn't a genre I typically seek out unless it's a big enough one that I'm going to be reviewing for the show, mm -hmm. right? So for I haven't seen the Beatles documentary. I don't know what that is, but I also don't listen to the Beatles, so I don't know. Um, long story short, I guess it's kind of maybe I'll just segue right into my review, Mike. If sure, I mean, if there's I guess no more fan questions. The one, like the one thing you did say that might help Ellie out here is. You did say it's not a musical, which Rocket Man was. So genre-wise, it's probably a little different. Like I know Baz Luhrmann's a little fantastical with the work he does. Like he does a lot of big things. And yeah, it's not a it's things. not a Moulin Rouge where like yeah. to me Moulin Rouge is a musical. Right. This is um, a biopic that happens to have the music mm -hmm. embedded, like Walk the Line, right? Like that. Yeah. The music isn't telling isn't advancing the um the plot, plot yeah. the way a musical yeah. would so, and that might be something ellie that you want to know like that might help in terms of that is right, that that's a big difference rocket but, man yeah. was a musical i would totally. i would say like in my yeah. humble yeah opinion. oh yes it was definitely it was definitely a musical it's but i liked rocket man and i liked elvis so i okay. would well, say um Yes, like if you if you enjoy that genre but have been disappointed lately, um, I think Elvis is worth a try. It's yeah. very different from Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> well, I <right>. would say. <laughs> which which might be a good thing, but yeah, go yeah. go ahead, go into or, your review then. You like, like, or if you was. loved Bohemian Rhapsody, it's then it's a bad thing. <laughs> um, so yes, I saw, uh, as everyone can tell, if you've been listening to the show for the past half hour, I did see Elvis, uh, which is um, quite the spectacle. It comes in at two hours, I think 40 minutes, and the director's cut is four hours. <laughs> but I, four I, hours. Wow. I don't know if he's releasing, I don't know where he's releasing the director's cut, but um, as, as it was, the movie was almost three hours long. Um, it is... I would say more or less a traditional biopic in the sense that um, it's telling the story of how Elvis became famous, but also his um, tragic end. It's not a spoiler for those people who don't know Elvis. He passed away. Everyone knows that. It was in the 70s. So, so the movie... Uh, he, he might be alive somewhere. People saw maybe, him for years. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but in this movie, he, he, he does die. And so the framing device for this movie is that um, Colonel Parker was essentially his manager, I guess you could say, kind of his business partner slash manager. And so um, 
historically he's been treated like a villain um and people don't typically have very nice things to say about him he exploited elvis Mm. yada 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 so baz decided that he wanted to look at the story of elvis through the lens of colonel parker and treat the elvis story like a quote-unquote whodunit so like explaining why elvis kind of why his life ended the way it ended um so my biggest bone of contention with this movie and i enjoyed it i thought like um austin butler's performance is amazing um the woman who plays priscilla presley was very good a lot of the supporting cast was really great i hated that um tom hanks played (laughs) colonel parker so yeah, you're not a Tom Hanks fan. To not a, with, not a fan to begin with. He's in a fat suit. Mm-hmm. I thought Hollywood had kind of moved away from fat suits, but I guess not. He's in a fat suit and he's doing this really weird accent. So like, to be fair, Colonel Parker was uh, originally from the Netherlands and like immigrated to the United States illegally and then like lived in the South. So like the accent that Tom Hanks is doing is kind of like a Southern dutch hybrid but like i just don't think the role was well acted okay Mm. i know i'm biased because i don't like tom hanks we talked about this with um the north the northman where you know when like it's such a big actor and you can't with you know we were talking about nicole kidman right like how nicole Mm -hmm. kidman was cast in the northman and i thought she was pretty good but like you couldn't really get beyond the fact that that was Nicole Kidman I you can't get beyond the fact that that's Tom Hanks slapping him you can slap him in a fat suit give him a silly accent it's still Tom Hanks you know what I mean and everyone else in the movie is relatively I would say unknown like not like household names like I know some people know Austin Butler I didn't before Elvis and I didn't know the woman who played Priscilla Presley um, so like, I don't know, I think it was really weird casting. And I think Elvis's story is interesting enough that like Elvis can be the main character. <laughs> you don't need you don't need his like crooked manager to be the one who's narrating the story. So yeah, it's just it would be weird to make that. I mean, I guess if you wanted artistically make a choice, but you, you can't be afraid of, of that because all these other movies have their, you know, these icons as lead characters. So it's just strange to kind of go against that. But you know it I mean? is like it kind doesn't... of um, like Moulin Rouge has a narrator. Um, mm. His Romeo and Juliet ob- like has a narrator. Um, uh, the Great Gatsby Does has a narrator. Gatsby? Yeah. yeah. So maybe he just doesn't know how to tell a story without yeah. like a framing device. I don't know. Um, another critique I'll have about the movie is that it was edited um very quickly oh i would describe it as like a music video so you know how in a music video like you're cutting between the person's on stage then it's like a little bit mm-hmm. of the narrative then it's back to the person mm-hmm. on stage then it's a little bit of a different narrative because a, a music video is only three to five minutes in length right so you're kind of all over the place so it wasn't horrible. Like one of my coworkers found it kind of distracting um, and took away from the narrative for her. I didn't find it distracting, but my biggest pet peeve is when 
uh, filmmakers drop a convention like halfway through the movie. So like the first half of the movie is edited very quickly, like very kind of in your face, very splashy. And then once Elvis gets to Vegas, the editing slows down. Now, that might be a comment on the fact that his rise to fame was like so quick. You know what I mean? Like in your face, blah, 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 blah. And then once he's in Vegas, his career is kind of on the downturn. I don't know. I don't know if the the editors that like reading that kind of symbolism into their work, but I did find that a little disjointed. And I think the Mm -hmm. editing may be off-putting to some people who like a more traditional um, edited narrative. So um, I will say that. The movie's splashy. It's a Baz production through and through. You know, it's glitzy, high production value. Um, It's about the drama. It's about the, you know, it's about the costumes. It's the hair. So for people who like that kind of production, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, For people who are looking for like a super authentic by the book biopic, I think Baz did take some liberties. So I did a little bit of reading like I like to do. when You know, when you watch a, a, a movie adaptation of a true story, you want to read to see what the true story is. And there were some mm-hmm. um, uh, deviations, although the Presley family um, supports the film and um, thinks that it's a very fair and honest portrayal of Elvis. So take that with what you will. You know what I mean? They, they have the Presley family... Um, gives their seal of approval for this movie. So all in all, for me, this is a see it because it was a fun summer movie. You know what I mean? Like it's not, um, I do think Austin Butler does deserve best picture or best actor. Aside from that, like probably some costume awards, but all in Mm -hmm. all, it's just a fun summer blockbuster that I think is worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, in terms then, so, sorry, did you say see it? Yes, sorry, it's a see it, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I guess then just in terms of that, my, my kind of question then is people who go for, like, don't know anything, just have no real sense of Elvis, or, you know, everyone's heard of Elvis, but just aren't super, like, interested. Like, someone like me who's, like, so-so into this kind of stuff, isn't, like, a huge fan of these types of movies, like, do you think there's enough in there that someone like me would, would enjoy to be fair, you're probably, you would be more of an airplane it. Mm, okay, I so think more like, of a watch this it is a genre. This is a genre that's so hard because I think like if you don't have an interest in Elvis, why are you going to the movie? <laughs> like say with like if you don't know the music of Queen, mm-hmm. why are you going to Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, so yeah. like for I guess the caveat being like if you enjoy Elvis's music, like uh, you'll enjoy this movie for the very for the very fact you get to listen to Elvis, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, no, you bring up a good point. But definitely. if you're not a big Elvis fan or not even remotely interested in Elvis, like save it for an airplane ride. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, okay. So I'm going to talk about the black phone. Um, Do this it. This is a very, very um, kind of under the radar movie, but has been getting some, some buzz about it. Um, it's a horror film uh, that's about a young kid. I think he's, 12, 13 years old, who gets kidnapped by a creepy dude with a van um, and in a locked mask. in a mask, in several masks. There are many masks that come out in this An that's played by, played by Ethan Hawke. Um, and uh, he gets kidnapped and locked in this kind of basement 
that has very little things in it except, you know, a place to sleep and this this disconnected phone. This is a phone without uh, without any connection. Um, kind of meant to, I think, psychologically torture someone. Like, you, you know, he put, the guy clearly placed it down there for, with the intent of someone being like, oh, I have a phone, and then not being able to use it. Um, but the phone becomes a big part of the plot because basically what happens is the kid, the phone rings at one point in time. The kid picks it up and he can hear what he discovers later are voices of the victims of this person. So it it starts off as a very like grounded, gritty, realistic horror movie and takes a left turn right into fantasy. Supernatural. Um, and supernatural. Um, and yeah, a little a little bit fantastical too. Like there oh. are some I'm not gonna ruin it, but there's some stuff that happens that are a little bit a little bit of a stretch but that was kind of the point like they were they were kind of going for that feel there's a, there's always bending. yes there's always that feel of there's a little bit of something different going on here um which i think actually the movie did a very good job um at so one of the things i will say with all our our you know ethan hawk discussion he's actually quite good in this movie he's like, probably I, I not a bad actor no, like I, I give him credit of he is, you know, he's very good in this movie. He's creepy. Um, they, they, he has a lot to do. Like his character has a lot of different things to do. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the performance of, of James McAvoy when he did Split, where they really, with someone else in the, this type of role, it, I don't think it would have worked as well. Um, and they really did a good job with like him and the writing and the direction to to give him so much to do and to kind of do uh, a, a lot of different creepy, weird, different things with the role, which was really cool. Um, the movie is a little rushed and it kind of just ends and nothing really like there's there's a conclusion to what's going on, but nothing is really fully explained. Which I don't mind, but it was almost as if they were like, we don't really know why any of this happens. We're not even going to try to explain it. Like, not, we're not leaving it up to a mystery and, like, ambiguous. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it just happened. The writers didn't know. Were they setting, yeah, the it, up for, were they setting it up for, like, in the sequel you'll find out? Oh, you could 100% do a sequel for this movie. Um, absolutely, I think you could. You could do sort of a prequel to build... A, like, you could build a world around this. Like, they did enough, and they gave you enough little branches that there is the possibility that you could do different things with it, which um, was a little surprising. Like, you were saying um, that you don't... You know, this doesn't seem like a, a movie that I would go to see. This didn't seem like a mic choice. And I will be honest with you, normally wouldn't, but the marketing did enough... And it is like, it's a Blumhouse production, which I think in terms of horror, they do some of the best horror film stuff. I just think this movie went from horror to sort of thriller, a um, little bit of fantasy, uh, kind of different types of things. And I didn't find the movie extremely scary. Um, it was definitely unsettling and it was definitely atmospheric. Was very like that room, oh, the production design, fantastic like super creepy and lived in and weird and where he's stuck it's very interesting and the stuff they do with the voices they kind of manipulate the voices a little bit um because it is all his victims are children so it's voices of other children but it's all manipulated and a little bit strange 
and a little bit different, um, which added added to that ambiance. Definitely, it was very very. Were good. they trying to do too much? I think so. Like I think it was you know someone had a vision here. I don't know if it's the director. I don't know if it's like the writer. I don't know what it was, but there was definitely a vision here, and the person was probably throwing everything they could at it because this is my big opportunity to make the film that I really, really want. Um, I just think that it probably could have used a couple more, you know, times in the editing room, a little bit more of a fleshed out idea of where you want to go. Um, I thought it was a really nice, tight, isolated movie. Like I do like movies like that. I love grand scale movies like Thor, but I also do like, Hey, we're going to spend most of the film in one or two locations and let kind of the actors act. Um, again, it's tough. You know how it is with kid actors, <laughs> right? Where it's, hit or it's miss. just kind of like hit or miss. And this kid was good. Like the character development was good and the young actor was was decent. Um, it's still, you know, an 11, 12 year old kid probably being played by a, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old actor. They were okay. Um, but I think, you know, would this movie have been more powerful if for whatever reason it was a it was an older actor? Um, you know, maybe I think they were going with the like kids, it, the vulnerable, the vulnerability the creepy factor, right? The creepy vo- factor. The creepy yeah, guy snatching kids. Um, I will say the like emotional weight of the movie was like really good. Like you, you got that from not only the kid, but the kind of emotion and backstory that you did get a little bit. From from uh, Ethan Hawke, which I don't think his character had a name. Not that I not that I recall, or not that it was said. Um, but yeah, I think I, all in all, I think there there were little things about the movie that they could have done better. And to me, it prevents it from from getting like a higher rating. Again, we don't do out of ten ratings, but this wouldn't be one where I'd be like, oh, it's eight, nine, or ten out of ten. It's more like a six or a seven, decent movie. You know, if you're a horror fan, you probably enjoy it. Um, if you like kind of thrillers, that type of thing, you would you would definitely enjoy it. It's a you, you'll like this, Taylor. It's pretty much just over an hour and a half. It's nice. A, it's a tight film. Um, they just threw a lot in that hour and a half, and I think that they lacked a little bit of direction as to what they were doing. Um, but all in all, I'm going to give it a stream. It I think it's the type of movie that if you're looking for something different to watch this Halloween. You could try it out and, and throw the movie on. Um, but I don't think you should rush out to the theaters. Like, I just I just don't think um, it was it was good enough. Like, I just don't think it was like it was it was quite there. Um, but I did enjoy it a lot more than I thought. And I do think that if you're a horror fan and a thriller fan, there's enough here to, to kind of really go through. So that's my those are my thoughts on, on the black phone. Cool. Um, why it wasn't released at Halloween? I don't know. Like a, maybe a confidence thing. I don't know. But that's the the new Jordan Peele movie is coming out in a couple weeks. So it, which is like a June release, which is a little strange. But you know what, Mike? I, we talked about this on the show. Obviously, fall is like the ideal time for uh, horror movies. But there is something to be said about a late July, like dog days of summer, hot, humid day going mm-hmm. to see like a late night horror movie and then when you yep. like come out of the theater it's like sticky in the air i will say yep. there is something um but you're right it's kind of like with that one like that one's pretty like the 
the trailer looks pretty grungy. It looks more like an October movie. Whereas yes, Nope, yeah. I think Nope is almost like a blockbuster style horror movie. True. Yeah, and yeah, Jordan, you're right. And Jordan Peele's movies, I think, are more popular that you can get a big summer uh, crowd out for them. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. And I think, yeah, this movie definitely, with its more, very much an isolated movie, like you feel isolated within the room trapped in that room to me it felt more of an october movie um but yeah i could i could see the appeal of a of a summer summer horror film um let's talk some streaming options uh, we we both streamed a couple things um just stuff that we've been watching i mean i th- think i think we're probably both avid sort of series watchers not necessarily tv but series uh, every once in a while, there's a show that, that will catch our interest. So we're going to talk about a few things. I want to sort of pretty quickly talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi because I, I did realize I binged the entire thing um, pretty fast. Like I watched it. There was they did re- they did the Disney Plus thing. They released two episodes and then they release four more week after week after week. So it's a, so it's like a five week commitment. Um, and then often weird. I like weird to, to do two, four, four, four. That's that's what they've been doing. Like they've been just they've been releasing it where you get the first two episodes for whatever reason first, and then you watch weekly from there. I don't know why, but they've just been. There must be something in their marketing department that they say that that's good. The I don't algorithm. Know. Um, the algorithm is dictating it. But I will say, yeah, I you know I for for the Star Wars series, and and I know a lot of people are not super happy with them, and they've been hit and miss here and there. Um, I thought. At the end of the day, the things I'll say about Obi-Wan Kenobi are Ewan McGregor is a fantastic actor. He plays that role really well. Like he's not only playing a young Obi-Wan Kenobi like, you know, he did in the prequels. He's playing the character made popular by an actor who won an Academy Award. Like Alan Guinness or Alec Guinness won an Academy Award for his first for playing Obi-Wan Kenobi in the first Star Wars movie. So he's he's playing a character that's like aging up to that level. So he's kind of doing not only just an impression of this other person, he has to bring his own stuff to the character as well. And he does it very well. He is an excellent actor. He is the heart of this TV show. He carries this show. Um, there's a few really weird things that happen. Um but I won't get into too many of those details for everyone who's not, not huge Star Wars fans. They won't care. Um, but at the end of the day, here's my big comment about this. This should have just been a movie. I don't know why they stretched this out for, for six episodes of a show. This is the second Disney Plus show I saw where I thought, yes, there are six hours here. But you have three, two and a half, three hours of good content and then a bunch of filler. There is like they could have released this as a movie, and I don't one hundred percent know why. Mike, it comes back to my thing about people just don't edit anymore. <laughs> yes, it's true. They just like whatever movies, we have. It's happening in our movies, and it's <laughs> happening in our. Not everything needs to be a miniseries. Um, you're right, and it's this is this is the perfect example of something that that I think didn't have to be a miniseries. It was too, it was extended too much to really fill. So, some of the series I've watched, I understand why it's a TV series. I understand why you want that longer form of storytelling. But this one, especially if it's not getting a second season, if it's just a mini series, why not make it a movie? It could have been. 
it had enough to be that. And there was a lot of filler that I felt was slowing things down. Um, so that was the one <clears throat> comment that I really had about the movie was I felt, or the show, I felt it should have been a movie without a doubt. And it was just, I don't know. They just, they made every episode had to be an hour. Like you're streaming here, you're not to a network. Why can't you have one episode be half an hour? One episode be an hour. Another episode, like, why do you have to stick to that too? Like, I just don't get it. Um, so it, I just felt they they should have just made it a movie. It would have been so much more concise. Um, the last thing I want to say on is Hayden Christensen returns to play sort of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader slash whatever. Um, and he he was quite good. He, he was bashed a lot in the sequels for his terrible, terrible performance. Um, he was great. There was another couple showdowns between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, some of the best uh, lightsaber fights I've ever seen uh, in Star Wars happen in, in this series. And the performance between the two of them is excellent. So praise to Hayden Christensen, who was bashed for years um, for his terrible, terrible performance in the prequels. Um, but yeah, overall, Obi-Wan Kenobi, like if you're a diehard Star, Star Wars fan, watch it. Well, if you're, you're gonna not, watch you're probably going to get. You're going to watch it anyway. If you're not, you're probably not going to get anything out of it. Um, and I just feel like they should have made it into a movie. <laughs> so those are my kind of thoughts on Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, Taylor, what did you stream? Real quick, so I streamed The Girl in the Photograph, which is available on Netflix. I think it's only hmm. been up there for about a week or so. Yeah, it's about a week, not yeah. a docu series. It's a standalone documentary film. So. Um, you know, you're not getting like six hour long episodes. It's just a traditional like hour 45 doc. Um, it is a true crime documentary. I was riveted. Like <laughs> it is twisty and turny. And I actually knew about this story from rewatching old episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. And oh. so I saw, you know, like a five to 10 minute segment in Unsolved Mysteries recently. And so when I started the documentary, I thought, where have I heard this story before? Unsolved Mysteries. So anyways, you got the whole kind of background story. I don't want to give too much away, but essentially, um, uh, I don't I don't want to give anything away because it's just so twisty and turny and I don't want to um, ruin anything. But essentially, the setup is a, a woman in the 90s um, is found on the side of the road, badly beaten. She then passes away. And she leaves behind a son and um, there's sort of a custody, I guess you could say battle. The The father wants um, the son. Well, it turns out he's not the biological father of the son, uh, but claims he is. And then from there, the story just gets darker and darker and darker. Um, murder, kidnap, <laughs> uh, mayhem. I will also say that it was, oh, um, <laughs> I will say that it's tastefully done in the sense that Oftentimes with true crime, it's pretty gratuitous. Like they'll really go into graphic descriptions of assault or murder, or they'll even show crime scene photos. This documentary does not do that. It really respects, oh, really? Okay. yeah, it really respects the identity of the girl in the photograph. And I think they do a really good job of um, sort of satiating the appetites of true crime fans without going into the more salacious things that the genre sometimes does so for me yeah. this was definitely a watch it uh, i gave it two thumbs up you can do that now on netflix you can give a thumbs down oh. thumbs up or two thumbs up i gave it two thumbs up and it was well worth a watch so i would recommend it see it 
I gotta, yeah, I gotta start doing some Netflix reviews. I didn't know you could do that. Um, we have like very little time left. So I just want to quickly, quickly mention, um, I watched a show, uh, on Apple TV plus for the first time ever. Good for you. Yes. I'm the one person watching <laughs> Apple TV plus. Um, and it's called for all mankind. Uh, and I am absolutely loving it. Taylor, you would hate it. So don't watch it. Okay. Um, other people out there, if you're a fan of science fiction, but with some roots of science fact, definitely watch this show. It is the most sort of realistic take on missions to Mars, missions to the moon. The whole concept of the show is instead, what if the Soviet Union landed on or landed on the moon before America did? And the fallout of all of that, what it meant for the space program, what it meant for even the Soviet Union, which is kind of interesting, and the debate of whether or not we should be going to space and the merits of that happens in this show, which is kind of cool. Um, not a lot of sci-fi shows just kind of ignore that because they don't want that kind of attention. But this one makes it because it's part of what would have evolved through society as going through these various things. Um, so very, very interesting show, kind of one of those alter reality shows, which is kind of really cool, but very grounded in the actual science and technology and how it would be advancing at the time, which I think is really um, kind of cool to see. So for all mankind, Apple TV plus, um, I'm been, it's in three, thir it's third season right now. I've been really enjoying it. If it sounds like something you'd be interested in, check it out. Uh, but it's definitely not a Taylor show. Um, we're... We're done for this week's episode. Just very, very quickly reminder to everybody, July 30th is the new deadline for our movie club. Try to read the book. Try to watch the movie by them. Go to screeningatkingston.com to get all the information there. We will remind you throughout this month, but that's the new deadline, July 30th. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.